Steve Lanham. May contain spoilers. May contain spoilers. On this week's May Contain Spoilers, we travel there and back again to Middle Earth for the return of Bilbo in The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smell. If you've seen The Hobbit or any other film this week, then join in with the discussion by tweeting us at Film Spoilers or by emailing Spoilers at hot1028.com. On tonight's May Contain Spoilers, we're going to try and do what many people have tried in the past and failed to do, and that is link Christmas with The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. Uh, I am, of course, Steve Lanham. I am Drew Bridger. And I'm JP Stockwell. And yeah, throughout tonight's show, we're going to mix in some Christmas songs and some music from The Hobbit. Because what's not Christmassy about The Hobbit? We could have just kind of put jingle bell noises over... The songs o- over it. yeah over dragony roars mixing it all together it's a fact that when you add um, sleigh bells to any song uh, it becomes Christmassy so so we could kind of add sleigh bells to something like uh, heavy metal and yeah we could just have ran last week's show but with sleigh bells over the top exactly of it, that would have been passed as a Christmas show. well technically black metal is from Norway which is always Christmas so, so I you're mean su- you're suggesting that I'm Santa suggesting all all black metal is pretty Christmassy in its origin Santa was in a black metal band you heard it here first <laughs> it would not surprise me but yeah on tonight's show we're going to be reviewing uh, The Hobbit The Desolation of Smaug if you've seen it in cinemas you can tell us what you Smug. thought of it Smug by Smug. Uh, tweeting at film spoilers or by emailing may contain spoilers at hot1028.com and any reviews we get, we'll read during the show tonight or uh, if you're listening to the podcast, which is available uh, after the show, if you want to catch up and you're listening live anyway, uh, then you can tweet us your reviews and we'll give them a mention throughout the week. So various ways to get in touch. Uh, we'll also have a Sofa Cinema this week or a selection of Sofa Cinemas from JP. Uh, Drew has a crowdfunding corner and we've got film news and lots and lots of releases because next week, what with it being Christmas and all... There's the Monday releases and the Boxing Day releases. We've got a lot to get through. Yeah, so let's waste no more time uh, and let's move on to our review this week, which is one of the biggest films of the year. They kind of sneak it in towards the end. It's almost a tradition now with the Lord of the Rings films. They were all out just before Christmas and obviously The Hobbit there and back last year coming out. This year it's the second instalment in the Hobbit trilogy. It's The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. And the story is the dwarves along with Bilbo (laughs) Babbins. Bilbo Babbins? The dwarves along with Bilbo Baggins and Gandalf the Grey (laughs) uh, continue their quest to reclaim Erebor, their homeland, from Smaug. Bilbo Baggins is in possession of a mysterious and magical ring. So you are the one they call Luke and Shield. Tell me... Why is Arzog the Defiler hunting you? You know of Arzog? How? My people were the first to live in the mountains. Before the orcs came down from the north, the Defiler killed most of my family. But some he enslaved. Not for work, you understand, but for sport. Caging skin changers and torturing them seemed to amuse him. There are others like you. Once there were many. Now? Now there is only one. You need to reach the mountain before the last days of autumn. 
before Dorian's death falls. Yes. You're running out of time. Which is why we must go through Mirkwood. The darkness lies upon that forest. Fell things creep beneath those trees. There is an alliance between the orcs of Moria and the necromancer in Dol Guldul. I would not venture there, except in great need. We will take the elven road. That path is still safe. Safe? The wood elves of Mirkwood are not like their kin. They're less wise and more dangerous. So, the Hobbit, uh, The Desolation of Smaug, has a big cast. I'll name a few of them. Okay. Ian McKellen, Martin Freeman, Richard Armitage, Ken Stott, Graham McTavish, William Kirchner, James Nesbitt, Stephen Hunter, uh, Dan O'Gorman, etc., etc., etc. Very, very large cast, lots of dwarves in it. Um, the biggest thing for me, the biggest change between this and The Hobbit last year mm. uh, is that I've now seen the Lord of the Rings films. So this immediately means more Had to me. Had you not seen all of them before? I've not seen any of them You've not seen any of them before? The Hobbit there and back, the first installment, was the, the first. An unexpected journey. Yeah, the there the and back's one. the next one. That. <laughs> um, that was the first one I saw. So um, of, really? of any of the... the Peter Jackson Tolkien film so I wasn't that impressed by it see uh, that surprises me a little bit because I kind of thought for some reason I don't know why I thought that the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy would have appealed to you I think I just kind of missed it first time round and then huh. it had that thing where it's a massive box set where it's nine hours worth of film to sit through and you and, feel like uh, it's a lot to catch up with I got it for Christmas last year and it's like oh I've got six hours to watch this, I don't know. But I eventually got around to watching it. And having seen um, the Lord of the Rings films, yeah. I don't know whether that explains why I enjoyed The Desolation of Smaug so much, because it might be now that just being inside that world means a lot more to me and the the kind of things that they're talking about, I actually understand. When we, even in that clip, yeah. there's lots of names and places yeah. which mean nothing to anyone who who knows nothing about the series. And even myself someone who's seen the, f- the films and now knows about them I'm still quite uh, confused by lots of it but I actually thought this was a really enjoyable film well yeah. I I was it's it's kind of odd that you say that in a way with the in relation to the Lord of the Rings films because for me I thought this movie was 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 okay but and I know that this is it's it's not really going for the tone of Lord of the Rings but it's for me it's just something I can't quite get over the fact that these that these movies aren't Lord of the Rings and it's obviously there's been a lot of talk about the the fact that it is more of a kid friendly story and you know the, the Hobbit novel is is a smaller story as well and it's it's a more a happier kind of romp but I don't know it's just something I can't quite get over the fact that they're not this kind of it's not epic exactly, masterpiece It's not exactly cinema. Monsters University though, is it? No, like, it's, no still, it's not. It may, it may be a kid's film, but it's yeah. still quite dense. Well, that's the problem. because That's like saying Return of the Sith, uh, Revenge of the Sith even, the third Star Wars movie was a kid's film. When it wasn't, <laughs> it was horrific. Yeah, well, it's it's that's the thing. It's that because it's not the Lord of the Rings and yet it feels like it still has to somehow tie in a little bit of the tone of that for the fans of those movies it, for me it feels a little bit muddled because it's trying to sort of emulate that tone but yet the story isn't as you know as deep and as epic as that so that's what i find quite problematic with it i think that there is enough material and bits in the hobbit uh as a book but obviously it's not just the hobbit book that 
Peter Jackson is adapting. It's all of the other sort of annexes and appendices and, uh, you know, bits of the Silmarillion and, you know, other books from the the Middle Earth uh, works by J.R. Tolkien. Anything that's knocking around at yeah, the back of the library. Exactly. I think that there is enough set pieces in that, understandably now, um, to make three films out of it because you've got the sort of build-up to a significant part of the book that people know and recognise and all of the things that happen along the way. So, you know, with An Unexpected Journey, uh, the big build-up was obviously towards uh, the riddles in the dark with Gollum. Yeah. And, you know, while that's happening, there's the, the dwarves in the Goblin Kingdom and everything like that. Now, I felt like the first film was much more of a kid's film compared to this. You know, they threw in comedy moments here and there where it wasn't really expected to have comedy moments and I kind of broke it up and it put a comedic edge on things which I thought seemed a bit out of place this film I loved I absolutely thought it was brilliant because it was such closer to what I expected it to be I think yeah and I think the big thing I remember from uh, An Unexpected Journey was not a lot happened. That was kind of my problem with it is it took a long time before anything at all happened. I think it's 40 minutes That's before exactly my problem. they leave the Shire. And people, this, people this is me because I, I said they were fanning around in the Shire for way too long. Like, oh, no, it's no, I absolutely agree. Yeah, they were. And then this one, they pretty much straight from the off uh, uh, are in sort of action set pieces and fighting. And this film... In a way, similar to Return of the King being the second in the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it, it, it just felt like lots of set pieces put together. So I think it's more obvious in these films because there's less storyline sort of pulling them together. But this is essentially three big set pieces holding the whole film together, I think, yeah. and a little bit in between. So let, let's talk a little bit about those set pieces. Probably the the most iconic one from from what people seem to be talking about from the film is the uh, the barrels where we get yes. the, uh, the dwarves riding down the sort of uh, Disneyland style Colorado <laughs> Rapids yeah. in some barrels and apparently that's, you, uh... a, that's a lot more violent in the film than it is in the book oh, apparently really? it's a lot yeah well, in the book they... they make it seem like it's kind of they all get in the barrels they all escape and you know they kind of travel down the river a bit and then they get out in, and that's it. Yeah. That's what that's what happens in the book. In this, it's much bigger. It's it's obviously because they've brought back um, Legolas, uh, Orlando Bloom as Legolas, and they've also introduced a, a brand new uh, elf character as well. Um, they're they're incorporated into the action sequence as well as orcs. So, and you've got this whole a- a- action element, an, an extra action element to mm. the to that part of the uh, set piece and I thought that was quite good but it does it, and a lot of people have said this as well but it does have um, especially one single take shot which does remind you of kind of video game style <laughs> you know look to it yeah it's very feel. it has um, a very mm. well, actually I, I can see what you mean about the, the video game thing it actually reminded me a little bit of Steven Spielberg in the, yeah. the, the lots of yes. things affecting lots of other things so the, yeah. the barrels are flying off and someone's kind of shooting through the air and banging off one person and landing 
in exactly the right place to kill someone else and that's kind of where the comedy comes from from it sort of yeah. a, I'd agree sort with that I just, I, I just think the way the way it visually looks kind of reminded me of that it's whereas, quite whereas the mechanics of, of actually what's going mm. on is I, I, I recognise that because I'm a big Spielberg fan as well so I, I mean there was stuff like that as well in the first one when they're walking through the the uh, the, the goblin uh, layer I guess and there's a lot of stuff you know with the uh, ladders and a cause and effect style thing so yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're vast ob- amounts of choreography going yeah on. so they're obviously going a lot with that but just yeah. the kind of movement of well, the you, camera you, is... you mentioned the uh, the look of the film that's obviously yeah. a big part of what appeals to people about the the sort of peter jackson yeah. uh, middle earth films is the the way it looks the new zealand landscapes yeah etc etc what did you think of the the look of the hobbit i mean i i well, thought as you kind of said about the barrels it did at times look quite cgi yeah well i think that especially comparing it to lord of the rings i mean just the fact that you know these movies are all shot in digital which of course pretty much everything is now so it's kind of a godsend when you look back and watch movies that would never be made on film now and and there's yeah there is a lot of cg where in the lord of the rings there was more practical effects partly because they hadn't developed the technology yet but it's still an aesthetic that i'm beginning to be more and more interested in as mm. we get more and more cgi abundance and reliance on that so the orcs like the head orcs just kind of look very cg and there Mm. is a lot of cg kind of movement of the camera being shot in digital and stuff i think to a certain extent like you can notice these things but because of the look of the hobbit and because of what they're creating there is so much you know visual effects going on that it's almost like anything that looks too cg gets lost in that because by that point you're so focused on how everything looks and that you're kind of almost it's it's almost like you're not seeing the forest for the trees Mm. does that make sense like you're kind of not noticing the cg for all of the other cg that's happening yeah it's hard to it's like it does that thing where it sows a seed where you because you know some of it's cg you kind of think that all of it is even if necessarily it might not all be but exactly. you, you kind of never know, so it's hard to trust anything you see with your with your eyes. Really, <laughs> there are there are points though when there because obviously there's a lot of green screen stuff yeah. in landscapes and things like that. But there are points when you can actually tell that they're in a real location, mm. and it was those yeah. points where you where well me especially I was looking at and it's it's just quite amazing to watch that because it's it's like oh wow they're actually in a proper place well, yeah, I can well, tell yeah. mm. now because I can tell there isn't the comp compositing of green screen behind yeah, them. Yeah, you know what it is? It always looks to me like they're walking between sound stages. So it's whenever yeah. they're out walking somewhere, you get the swooping landscapes where it quite clearly is a real landscape. Yeah. And then you get to wherever they're going to yeah. and that's when you get the a chair in front of a green screen type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. I think there was a, there was only a couple of actual when you know close-ups of people in a real location the rest mm. of course is on a sound stage or something but I mean we should also mention as well that well I saw it in 2D normal 24 frames a second yeah, as HFR no as I did with the last mm. one I don't know about you guys but Well I mean I saw it in 3D I also saw it in 3D but I have 
no regrets about seeing it in 3D. Did you, did you, know what, did you go, did you go for the high frame rate as no, well? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. normal, normal, normal frame rate, but I don't have any regrets about seeing it in 3D. Because, I mean, if you want to talk CGI, let, let's get to Smoog. Yeah, Let's we probably should, that. The, uh, yeah. since his name's in the title. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I also saw it in 3D, and two, I, I wasn't that bothered by it. I actually no. didn't really kind of, I kind of forgot that I watched it in Phased 3D. Phased out of it. And normal frame rate yes. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I watched the last one in normal frame rate as well. But yeah. Smaug, obviously, the voice of Benedict Cumberbatch, and it's weird to see him and uh, Martin Freeman reunited, Sherlock and Watson together, together as a dragon and Bilbo. Screen. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's kind of a big reveal. The, the, the whole sort of trailer uh, leading up to it was his kind of eyeball. In fact, I think at, yeah. at the end of uh, An Unexpected Journey, yeah. there's a kind of his shot eye. of his eye. That's, it. That's um, about it. And all of the all of the trailer stuff, they've they've like darkened him out in the sh- in the same shots that are actually used in the film. But they've they've essentially turned the brightness of him all the way down, yeah, so you can't really see it. Him at maintain all. the mystery. And yeah. I actually thought Benedict Cumberbatch had a. a, a pretty interesting sort of take on being a dragon yeah uh, it's it's big and cgi obviously but yeah. his voice is quite scary and uh, i think he he kind of goes for it in sort of a, an over-the-top way and i've actually been won over by martin freeman it i yes. wasn't sure at first i didn't think i'd be able to get past the eyeliner but once <laughs> i got past that i actually think he's quite well suited to the role yeah. i can see and he he does just do the martin freeman thing yeah the, that's that's kind of what i'm i'm still not 100 percent sure i mean he does that thing perfectly well but i'm still not there's there's times when i think it because there there are these little links to it trying to sort of emulate the tone of Lord of the Rings mm. when you have him doing his kind of ooh, mm, uh, little office style stuff yeah it's it, it just that, that's what I'm talking about with his kind of muddledness because I I'm not quite understanding where we're you know where we are kind of thing but that's it's, kind of exactly what the character of Bilbo was all about yeah. I mean the whole thing of the Hobbit is being a fish out of water uh, yeah. That's the kind of the whole, and, and I think he does that really, really well. But so he, there, there are there are parts of it, the movie where well, there are like long stretches where he's almost not really in it, and he's not all, he's no, not yeah, really exactly. the focus either, which is kind of odd considering this is the movie called The Hobbit. There there is a lot of focus on other th- you know other things you know going to Lake Town and meeting Stephen Fry. Well, I think and, Thorin is kind of the the character who is um, the person who this film seems to be more interested in. Yeah, yes. and I think even the, a lot of the posters are, are him. I mean the character ones have all the main characters yeah. but yeah. he seems to kind of be alongside Bilbo as the, the main character and they're doing a similar sort of thing to him as the Viggo Mortensen Aragorn character exactly. in yeah. Lord of the Rings where he even looks similar to him yeah. and obviously he's a lot smaller but yeah. he's the kind of uh, the the masculine in control alpha male Com- yeah compared to Bilbo who's slightly more timid yeah. and I think, I think he's pretty good in it. I actually warmed more to the dwarves when they're fighting Compared yes. to the, the the first part uh, where they're, when they're sat washing around, up. washing up and singing. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, for me, this is a far superior film to uh, an unexpected journey, and um, it felt long. It is long. Actually, it, I don't know. It, it, didn't, it didn't feel long. Actually, well, that's, no, that's the thing. I I didn't think it felt long at all because the thing is, there's always something happening. Yeah. Now, JP, you were saying about it kind of having lots of different storylines and everything like that, which is. You know, it's fine. You know, it doesn't really focus on Martin Freeman or any one particular person yeah. at the same time. But, but the good thing about that is that there is constantly scenes happening. There is something going on. There is someone 
to follow and catch up and it breaks it up nicely towards mm. the end because you realise at the end you're kind of following like three different bits almost it's, it's almost like you're following Gandalf um, and the necromancer in the uh, Dol Guldur mm. uh, you're following uh, the elves and some of the dwarves in Lake Town with Bard and then you've got Martin Freeman and the other dwarves with Smurg um, and it does that thing where you'll be following a few people and then all of a sudden the other people will come along and save the day and you will have completely forgot that they were even around so yeah. it kind of exactly. hides that quite well so I think that that's actually quite well handled in this it is. but it let's is. um let's give the hobbit the desolation of smaug scores out of 5 stars jp you can go first um i think uh, overall i i do kind of agree with you that there are, there are more kind of set pieces in there i think kind of in between them though i still thought that some of the bits kind of dragged a little bit and the whole stuff with gandalf going to find out about the new romance thing um, that does seem to be a more thing of okay, this is setting up Lord of the Rings, really, and it it didn't seem as integral to what's actually going on. But um, I think overall, I'll give it a three stars. I think yeah, I I I think they're fine. It's just that, yeah, as I say, uh, I I can't quite get over the fact that they're not Lord of the Rings. So I mean, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's something that eventually I know I'll probably have to. But um, yeah, I think overall, uh, I'll give it a three stars. It's got some you know, got some good. Uh, there's a <laughs> there's a Smaugus board. Of, nice. uh, of, yeah, of uh, You're desperate to get that in. That's, yeah. been, that's been chipping of, away at your mind for the yeah. last few days. Yeah. And you weren't sure whether to use it. <laughs> of action <laughs> sequences. You yeah. probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, so three stars <laughs> three from stars. JP for The Hobbit the Destination of Smile. Drew? Um, I'm going to go far higher. I really loved this. Um, I'm going to give it four and a half stars. Um, it did suffer slightly from middle filmitis, um, symptoms which include uh, unresolved plot lines, underuse or overuse of particular characters, and uh, a frustrating send-off before an, unfathom- an unfathomably long wait before the next one. But I, I still loved it. I really dug it. I actually want to go back and watch it in 2D again on a bigger screen just so I can kind of get the full impact of it. And I am ready for the next one to be five stars. And we will talk more about middle film itis uh, later on yes. in the show. But that's three stars from JP, 4.5 from Drew. I thought for a minute you might say five then. I was tempted. With an F, I was tempted. I, uh, I am going to go in between almost. I'm going to go 3.5. It would lean towards a four. But um, it just I didn't quite tip over there. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was much better than uh, an unexpected journey. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of action. Lots of interesting locations. Better characters. Definitely one to check out if you're a fan, obviously, of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Chances are you've already seen it. If you have already seen it, let us know what you thought of it. Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at Film Spoilers or email us on spoilers at hot1028.com. Still to come, we're going to take a look at this week's Sofa Cinema, which was chosen by JP, as well as a crowdfunding corner from Drew. But before that, we're going to move away from Christmas and move back towards The Hobbit with a song taken from the end titles. It's Ed Sheeran. Oh, misty eye of the mountain below
Ed Sheeran and I See Fire, taken from the soundtrack to The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. We reviewed it in the previous part of the show. Remember, at Film Spoilers is the place to tell us your thoughts on Twitter, or make contain spoilers at hot1028.com is the place to send us your emails. Come on, it must be better than the first film. People have to agree with me, surely. Yeah. Uh, or disagree either way we need to know (laughs) still to come on this week's May Contain Spoilers we've got Sofa Cinema we've got Crowdfunding Corner we've got Film News and also a bumper selection of next week's releases so don't go anywhere Steve Lanham May Contain Spoilers Hot Radio you're listening to May Contain Spoilers my name's Steve Lanham and with me are Drew Bridger and JP Stockwell this week we've been reviewing The Hobbit The Desolation of Smaug it was widely positive views I think 4.5 stars from Drew 3.5 Mid- middling to high yes. I, I was probably I'm not going to lie I was probably the most generous of, the, of, always of the lot the most enthusiastic Drew but I I, it's just, I wanted something to be really good I feel like there's a lot this year that's been had the potential to be really good and then has just sort of fallen short you know hmm. if there was a year to release a big film like this this was probably the year because then you'd really stand out as looking good I suppose when you compare it to things like Man of Steel and things like that it is uh, more of Man of Steel Star Trek Into Darkness Oblivion After Earth well funnily enough we will talk about our top uh, 10 films of the year perhaps in this week's show but definitely in our next show in the new year where we will put together our top 10 films of 2013 and our worst ones as well or our least favourite anyway so that's all uh, still to come either this week or in next week's show well not not really next week is it next show I suppose next show but uh, as for this week we still haven't done this and this week JP you have chosen I hope three Christmas themed films that you can see on Freeview over the next sort of up until Christmas five days yeah you've totally uh, got the theme right there so correctly Correctington for you well done bury Uh, the lead yes the (laughs) first one I've gone for is of course the classic Scrooged Bill Murray Scrooge. Yeah, Bill yes. Murray Scrooge. Yeah, uh, that Love is it. on at uh, on Sunday the twenty second on Channel Four at four uh, thirty. This is fast becoming one of my new favourite Christmas movies. Yeah, I think I've only watched it a few times, but I remember really liking it just because you know Bill Murray is just you know really wa- watchable in anything and a very yeah. underrated performance from Bobcat Goldthwait <laughs> yeah <laughs> I also love the uh, I think there's the the small cameo from uh, Robert Goulet in there as well so yes. you, you can't Lovely. you can't have enough of, of Goulet uh, we also have the Santa Claus now I know apparently this gets a bit <laughs> of a bad rap yeah. but the original one I have fond memories of yeah me Tim too Tim Allen yeah, yeah the Tim Allen one I love it is it I think it might be a nostalgic thing because you saw it when you were a kid Possibly, Possibly, yeah. But I mean, I haven't seen any of the sequels, and I heard they are very terrible. Horrible, but I think yeah. it might be one of those things where it might be, it might seem. I mean, I have to rewatch it because I haven't seen it for a while. You have to. It's on your list now. You have. It to. has to. Yeah. So that is on Monday the twenty third at seven thirty on BBC Three. So oh, cool. nice and watchable as well. That's a good thing about these Christmas films. Yeah, they're not just at three o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Uh, the third one I've gone for, of course, it's a wonderful life. Now we were debating <laughs> whether to go with this or for the Grinch, the Ron Howard Grinch with Jim Carrey. But I think we fell for this one just because it's you know it's it's the Christmas movie, I guess. When yeah, pe- most people think of it, so. it's kind of the rules, really. It's the yeah. law. We had to put it in there, so people are going to want to watch it. Uh, they can catch it when it is at uh, one ten on uh, Tuesday the 24th so 10 past 1 uh, 
on uh, Channel 4. Lovely. So a nice Christmassy array of films there. It's a Wonderful Life, The Santa Claus, and also Scrooge. I haven't watched Scrooge for years, so I probably should watch that too. Yeah. All of these, this, all of those are this week's uh, Sofa Cinemas. We won't have any next week because we won't have a show, but on the next show we'll be back and it will be my turn. Your turn. It will be your turn. It'll be my turn. So yes. I'll have to find three films that aren't related Theme, to Christmas. Themed around New Year. New Year. Won't they? Exactly. There are really a few. Hard. Is there? I think There so. is a film called New Year's Day, so oh, it yeah. will just be that three times yeah. uh, on DVD, unfortunately. So one to look forward to anyway. So we will have Safe Cinema in our next show. Crowdfunding Corner. But let's move straight Hello. from that into the crowdfunding corner because Drew, this week you have found a film which uh, is looking for money. Hello, it's, it's on, me uh, on the internet. <laughs> it's me. I'm going to do a crowdfunding. Going to do a corner. Going to do a corner, and I. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I struggled to find one this week. Never good I to d- start. I did a conversation. I, I like did that. struggle to find one. I'm going to be honest, and because I was looking for something that would be kind of Christmassy and kind of happy and heartwarming. I couldn't really find anything and I was going to go with something that was just completely anti-Christmas and then I found this one right before we went live on the show the like three ghosts three minutes before we went live I found this the ghost of crowdfunding future past all and time, indeed all time all, stopped and they told you about all this. the ghosts visited me at once and told me I'm being Scrooge um, so this is a film it's a documentary it's called Reliance now prepare yourselves because you may get a little teary just from the description okay (laughs) this is a documentary about a guy called Matthew Zarella who is a search specialist with uh, police and he takes uh, he transforms young pound dogs into search and rescue canine units giving them sort of a second chance at having like a, a job and a career and a, and a life being being a dog and being a police dog being a canine unit and it's a documentary all about him training these dogs that he finds in, in pounds and uh, rescue centers a heartwarming tale it's a heartwarming Christmas. Christmas tale I saw that and I thought oh isn't that, isn't that melted my my your snowman icy heart. snow heart so what are the details for this okay. how much money are they looking for how much have they raised so far well they they're have, just looking for doggy biscuits they're just <laughs> <laughs> yeah a long walk <laughs> lots of schmackos and uh, snossages um <laughs> donations <laughs> So, okay, they need a $70,000 goal. Um, they have reached uh, 39500 so far, which is pretty good so mm. far, and they've got 14 days left. So they basically need another, what, 30500 30, It's basically. an interesting time to put something up because no one's going to be donating, you would think, over Christmas. Wow. Of all the times yeah. that people are going to have money. But then again, maybe people get some money and they feel more charitable at Christmas, they find some in their this stocking. This is true. They get exactly. a £10 gift voucher for somewhere. You can, can you donate gift vouchers? Do they, do they take, you know... I'm trying to think of a maybe for pets at home. Brand. Yeah, name the <laughs> brand anyway, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, so I think that they may struggle to get much higher, but you never know. I'm always astounded. With, with 14 days to go, you know that leads into the new year nicely. That's so very I true. think they, I think they might be able to manage that. But that's on Kickstarter, so you can okay. find that. One and on uh, we will tweet a link to that page, and we we'll put it on our Facebook page. Yep. Uh, during the week before Christmas so if you want to get rid of some of your hard earned cash before Christmas uh, you can find <laughs> 
find a link to it on at Film Spoilers or on the Make and Take Spoilers. Who needs a Christmas page. bonus? That's very true. We just put it all towards yeah. that. So uh, Drew will be back with another crowdfunding corner in our next show. Crowdfunding corner. Now we will continue in the Hobbit-themed music uh, for now, and I promise we will finish with a Christmas song at the end of the show. But until then, this is from the first Hobbit film, and it's The Misty Mountain. The fire was red, it flaming red. The trees like torches blazed with light. Now, people kind of uh, joke about The Hobbit and about the songs in it, and so you sort of make out that it was a little bit slow and. Uh, dreary but I actually really enjoy that actually yeah. that's of all the songs that are in it that's probably the best that's one nice. it was in the trailer it was quite exciting when that came on it was just you know when they had songs about washing up as well it wasn't quite <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't the same no Song for the Misty Mountain was that one there's a Neil Finn version of it if you want to hear a six yeah. minute version uh, yeah we just, just listened to the dwarf Finn. version yeah, I, I prefer the dwarf version yeah. so uh, we will finish on Make It Tame Spoilers with a song from a Christmas film so don't you worry about that but let's talk about film news this week which uh, is kind of moving on from a story we mentioned last week which was the the sad demise of uh, Paul Walker yep. um, that left Fast and Furious 7 in some sort of purgatory about what they were going to do they had kind of a half finished film with their, their one of their stars gone yeah so uh, they're worrying about how how they're going to go forward with the new film whether they're going to um, try and well most people are saying are they going to you know kill off his character at some way, in mm. some way but maybe well they would hope obviously you know do it tastefully yeah um, or are they going to just somehow re um, interpret the footage or you know, so basically, what what were they going to do? And then there was a news story that they may be um, scrapping the whole thing and starting all over again. So it it's kind of been delayed indefinitely. But the news story that's been added to this is that uh, Paul Walker's, I think, younger brother uh, Cody uh, Cody Walker, who is also a stuntman as well, actually, um, might be. Uh, kind of replacing some and being he might be used for you know uh filling in the gaps of uh the footage because he does look quite a lot like him as well so yeah. which is strange isn't it yeah. because that 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 makes you believe that they've recorded all the bits that has speaking in it and they're just going to put him in the background of things and driving and things like that but you wouldn't have thought they would film all of the the important talky bits first and to be honest there's probably not going to be that much of that stuff in a Fast and the Furious film anyway no exactly but it's a strange one it's a, it, I mean we said last mm. last time about how you how you replace someone when, when they're kind of suddenly taken away from a film with Heath Ledger and Brandon, uh, Brandon Lee, Lee and with Crow. The Crow and uh, yeah. Oliver Reed with Gladiator there, there are various different ways of doing it but because of the nature of the death and how much of the film had been shot it kind of left it really up in the air and actually yeah. on the on the subject of Fast and the Furious I saw an interesting stat this week which was do you know who the highest grossing actor was in 2013 it was Dwayne The Rock Johnson yeah. right and of the uh, highest grossing stars there's Paul Walker was one of them as was Vin Diesel and it just goes to show the how sort of marketable yeah. those Fast and Furious films are and why they keep churning them out because and the name power behind the Rock, yeah. Well, and also I think, but also he was in quite a few films, yeah. as in Pain and Gain and 
G.I. Joe as well. But even so, I mean, it's a real surprise. You would have said, you know, Sandra Bullock or whoever. But yeah, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, so fair play to him. But I mean, just goes to show, they they will almost certainly make another Fast and Furious film because it's just worth far too much money to them. Yeah. Yeah. Almost kind of linked into the next news story there because we mentioned Heath Ledger, iconic as the role of the, uh, the Joker in The Dark Knights, and had the same problem about how to replace him. There's a story now about uh, who's possibly going to play a villain in yeah, the I, Batman versus Superman film that's not going to be called Batman versus Superman. Yeah, as yet untitled Batman versus Superman movie. Yeah, well, uh, they're talking about having, uh, well, possibly courting uh, Joaquin Phoenix to be in the movie as, as you said, a, some sort of villainous role. Obviously, this is probably working off the back of his uh, success in The Master mm. and his uh, kind of crazed uh, persona in that. And um, most people are assuming, at least, that Lex Luthor is going to be in the next movie because there were some hints in Man of Steel um, yeah. at Lex Corp. And uh, so they're, they're, the the speculation among uh, fans and stuff is pointing towards maybe he he would be that. And you know if if that's so, and if he's if he's up for it as well, which is another thing because seems highly unlikely. Yeah, especially it's, after it's kind of, I'm still here. He kind of seemed to be uh, completely done with big sort of blockbusters mm, and, and yeah. sort of money cash. Well, I mean, films, he's never but. really been in. Well, in fairness, that's what we thought about Ben Affleck as well. Very true, I yeah. Guess so, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, 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 the thing with um, Joaquin Phoenix is he's. Ne- I mean, apart from Gladiator, he hasn't. He's not really known as a big blockbuster no. movie no. star. So, he, and you know, he's got Her that's been out recently as well in the states and stuff. And seems to come here, yeah. Yeah, and Spike it's John's. yeah. It's it seems unlikely, but I mean, it'd be a great appointment. It'd be, yeah, it'd be it'd really be, interesting I'd, to see I'd, what he yeah, would do. Yeah, I'd be really interested mm. in it. It's. Uh, I heard that the villain for the next one has been rumoured to be a character called Metallo, who is basically a uh, kryptonite-powered um, android made up of, like, he's part human, part android. And wow. Powered by a kryptonite. Sounds, now, sounds terrible. It, it, it's awful, right? Now, the thing is, uh, Superman is, is allergic to kryptonite. But Batman isn't. Very true. Ah, he's kryptonite intolerant. I've never yeah, thought exactly. about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have to wait and see what happens with that. If I was a betting person, which I am, but I'm not going to bet on this, uh, I would say it's probably not going to happen. But we no. never know. Well, things that will happen over the next few days or so is the uh, stuff that's out on DVD and Blu-ray, and it's a bumper edition because it's Monday mm. and bank holiday boxing day yeah i started out the, bank the, holiday. the thursday yeah yeah so you got two big release dates what are out on dvd and blu-ray on those dates well uh mentioning the rock that you did there we also we have pain and gain of course coming ah. out ah. yeah um there is also the danny dyer movie vendetta which had a brief cinema release as well but it's coming out pretty much straight away great uh we also have love lace which we we did, both saw yes or did we all see i saw it i didn't there we oh go. okay yeah, I, it's I just us average if i remember right yeah um we also have elysium which elysium. i really liked and, uh, this, i this really liked the, that one as well yeah it was uh, yeah i um we also have the way way back which, which i think only you Scene. No, and I saw oh, it. Okay, I, right, yeah, I definitely too. did love that, and that may yeah. make an definitely appearance loved that. in my top ten. You never know. <sighs> I need Spoilers. to see that as well. Um, <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Upstream Colour as well. Which has been on a lot of the uh, top ten lists of other people, so that's one I'd like to catch up with. The yeah. Shane Carew film, having watched 
primer, uh, primer recently and mm. been completely lost by what was going on in that. I'm always interested to see what he's doing next. So, yeah. uh, what's out in cinemas on these we two have, release dates? Um, well, American Hustle is out in uh, limited release in uh, London. But in that, that there, London. Yeah, uh, but doesn't come out until January sometime. But apart from that, we also have Anchorman 2, which opened yesterday yeah, as, so we, in, as nice. we're recording. So. In cinemas now. Yeah. Uh, we also have um, the uh, Harry Hill movie. Interesting oh, one. Yeah. Sort of sneaked up. I didn't even know it was happening. And here it is out in cinemas and adorning bins. You've yeah. seen that? Lots I've of adverts them, on yes. bins. Since when they put what's adverts with, on bins? What's with that? Is I that, don't know how I'd is feel. Is that about an indicator? That. Of, you would think yeah. so. Like, yeah. I can't imagine Citizen Kane being advertised on a bin, but <laughs> yeah. there we go. You never know. So uh, we will be back uh, with our next show, which will be probably in the new year now. Yeah. Because uh, there won't be a Christmas show one because it'd be Boxing Day. That'd yeah. be a bit naff. Which yeah. uh, there are movies on Boxing Day as well, just to round that off. So yeah. There, there is uh, Walter Mitty, The Secret Life Thereof, I yep. should say. Um, uh, 47 Ronin. Which looks interesting. The yeah, Keanu which looks kind of interesting. Yeah. And uh, All Is Lost. So, with our big returning show in the new year, we'll have reviews of almost certainly, definitely, Anchorman, possibly All Is Lost, and anything else we get and watch over Christmas. So if you see anything, remember to let us know what you thought of it. At Film Spoilers is the place to do that on Twitter. You can follow us throughout the holiday period there. We'll put interesting stuff up, links to the podcast, which will go up in the next couple of days or so, and you can listen to anything you missed in the previous part of the show on the podcast. Just type Make and Take Spoilers podcast into a search engine, and it will pop up. And we're also on iTunes, so you can subscribe on there. But until then, thank you for listening. Have a wonderful Christmas. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Merry from Christmas. From everyone here at May Contain Spoilers, from the millions of staff who populate these studios. Exactly. Uh, we will be back in the new year, but we will play you out with a song taken from what perhaps would be an argument for an odd recent Christmas classic. It's from the soundtrack to Iron Man 3. It's Joe Williams. <laughs> it's the Bombay yes. Dub remix. Of course it is. In my top three Bombay Dub remix uh, sounds, it is Jingle All The Way. We'll be back in the new year. Thanks for listening. Remember, check out the podcast. Dashing through the snow In a one-horse open sleigh O'er the fields we go Laughing all the way Bells on Bob Dylan Making spirits bright Oh, what fun it is to sing A singing song tonight